We're never doing a challenge looking for traps again. And welcome to Skylanders Portalcasters, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything Skylanders. I am your host, GF Ditto, and I am joined today by a co-host, Inklander. And in today's episode, we are going to be discussing the Traptanium Crystal Traps. Inklander, how are you doing today? Great, how are you, Ditto? I'm doing phenomenal. Let's talk about this. What are your kind of initial opinions on the traps? Well, um, honestly, I think they're a pretty cool idea. Once they initially showed off this concept at their, like, event that they held in April 2014 uh, in New York, where they were like, yeah, here's here's our new game, because they no longer were revealing this at Toy Fair. They decided that Skylanders was big enough to kind of reveal it at their own event. And they were like, yeah, here's Trap Team. It's this game where you get to trap villains, and then once you do that, you're able to play as them. And the whole kind of trailer they put out where it's, like, these kids, like, uh, going to their, like, you know, uncle's attic or whatever. And it's, like, they find this, like, old-looking portal and, like, having this whole, like, adventure with, like, the Trap Masters and everything like that. It's actually pretty cool. Um, It looks like a pretty high-budget trailer, honestly. But it was just so cool being able to, like, see this, like, concept come about where it's, like, oh... You're able to actually have these, like, kind of partially translucent crystal things that actually interact with the portal in a different way than we've seen any other kind of Skylander item or Skylander themselves interact with it before. And it also lights up. Granted, the portal lights up, not the trap, but it still gives the illusion that the trap is lighting up. And it also has a sound coming out of it as well. So it really kind of felt like a really cool kind of step forward because it was like a great idea of this idea of like reversing the magic, whereas instead of kind of bringing this inanimate object to life on a screen, you are now taking this character that's in the video game and kind of pulling them into your living room and having them interact with you while they're in the trap inside your your room. And that's just really kind of cool. It was such a great idea, a great concept. The way that they pull it off is still mind-boggling. The way that the sound transitions from your TV speakers to the portal is done really well. And it's honestly a lot of fun. It's like pretty magical and while it's not a evolution in terms of toys to life like we saw with the swap force where it uses the the two nfc chips or like with giants where it has the light core element you know it's not an evolution of nfc in that way it still is a really cool kind of change for the portal itself and a really neat use of just the technology experience that Toys for Bob has that Robert Leyland had with the portals and it's just really awesome honestly to see what they did with it so I love the trap concept. I enjoyed the concept behind the traps but when it came down to the practicality of it especially when it came to collecting there were just way too many sculpts. That's true. In my opinion. It made it difficult for anybody who wanted to collect literally everything because there are just so many of them. I don't feel like we needed six different versions of every element trap. I do understand those who would collect wanting enough traps to contain one of every villain in the game. That makes logical sense, but they didn't all have to be different. Yeah, 
that was a pretty big issue. Like, there's an insane number of sculpts. I literally don't even know how many. It's a lot. I think it's over 20 different designs that they had. And some of those were exclusive to the light and dark element. So it's just, it was weird. It was all over the place. Some of the designs were really good. Like, you have the sword. You know, you have the snake. Like, I really like the designs that kind of blend together with the crystal on the bottom. Where it kind of yes. feels like one kind of full piece. That's cool. Absolutely. I love those. Yeah, but then there's some other ones that are just like, what? Like the handstand one, which is just weird, where it's just the person upside down. Like, there's some really weird things that they decided to go with. It's just like, okay, why? I think my favorite ones are the serpent, the sword, the axe, and the hand. Okay, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with all that. Like, I think they're all really cool. You know, I really like those designs that kind of combine that. And that idea of like kind of an extension of the trap itself like you know the bottom part of the trap feels like it's part of the snake and it's just it's kind of cool what they did with some of that but yeah really i would agree they had way too many traps and then some of them are also these sculpts are like well it's a really cool design but how is that like a trap <laughs> right you know it's, it's a little weird and i get that they wanted to do that to be able to differentiate uh, between what villain you have and what trap but honestly they also have the trap tray for that too so you could just put your traps into the trap tray and be like okay well the one that has the chompy mage is the one that's in the chompy mage slot exactly so it was a little weird they could have definitely just cut down and then the other weird thing with the sculpts is that they were completely unbalanced with how many sculpts went with each element like there were six different magic sculpts but there were only three magic villains but then there were four different light and dark villains but there were only three different light and dark sculpts so it didn't even add up proportionately they could have spent a whole lot more time to just be like all right well there's six water villains let's do six water traps you know meanwhile there's only three magic villains let's do only three magic traps and that would have just been a whole lot better but no they did tons of weird things with that Absolutely, they did. That was really, really strange. And then there's the biggest thing that I don't like behind the traps, and that's that these villains that you're able to play as are on a timer as opposed to a standard health gauge. Right, yeah, and that's interesting, because the reasoning that Toys for Bob gives is not the reasoning I think that they actually had, because... Basically, when the game was originally showed off at their own event in New York, the villains were shown off as having health. They were shown off as actually having a health bar, just like the Skylander, where you would actually, you know, take damage and that's it. Like, there was no timer at all. You could play as the villain as long as you wanted, and it would still have the tag team feature where you'd be able to switch between your Skylander and your trapped villain. But then when it got to E3, just, you know, I think maybe like a month and a half later, they showed off the timer thing for the first time. And their argument was that during playtesting, they found that kids were wanting to play with the villains a lot more than the Skylanders, which, all right, I guess, you know, if it's a cool, fun gimmick and, you know, the kids are excited about, you know, the traps lighting up and talking and everything they might want to try that a little bit more than the skylanders but also at the same time i don't really think that was the reason i think they did that very intentionally 
to be able to make it to where like you're not able to spend as much time with a villain so they're not fully fledged characters which makes you need a skylander more often which makes you encouraged to go buy more skylanders as opposed to the traps because at the end of the day really all you needed was 11 different traps to be able to have all the villains and that wasn't really what they were trying to sell to you because those were cheaper anyway they were trying to sell the figures and i think they kind of realized that after the initial reveal and tried to make that change and they tried to course correct it and the reasoning for that was kind of sketchy because they make it sound like it was like a i wouldn't say altruistic reasoning for changing it but they tried to make it sound like a logical reason for changing it but it was not a logical reason for changing it and i feel like honestly if their whole issue was that they wanted to sell more of the figures as opposed to more of the traps for one they should have reduced the number of traps that they made and put out because there are even more of those than there are figures i believe yeah and there's a lot for two they honestly should have just let their roster speak for itself the trap team lineup is widely known as one of the greatest character rosters in the franchise yeah, it's really good. And they really didn't have enough faith in that to let it shine through. I feel like if they had reduced the number of trap sculpts and made it just fit the number of villains, essentially like Inklander suggested a few minutes ago, and just let their core characters and trap masters like, speak for themselves, they would have achieved the same thing, but without being sketchy about it. And then they could have kept the HP gauge in and been fine. Yeah, yeah, so it's weird. The whole idea behind that is just interesting. I don't know, other than that, like, I do think that the traps are pretty fun. Uh, it's really fun to see the animation of them getting trapped and pulled from the video game into the portal, oh, yes. well, into the trap. It's really cool, and I think, you know, while you learn pretty quickly that there's only, like, two or three villains that are actually worth playing as because they're super powerful you know they're still pretty fun like even though you know broccoli guy basically does absolutely nothing except put down that healing glyph that kind of pretty much does almost nothing really um except for you know heals your skylander like two or three times like he's still a fun character to play as he's still a cool character design and it's still fun but you know really like once you trap chaos like you're, you're pretty much playing as chaos so pretty much yeah so that's another i think downside to the villains is that they had this huge roster they had 46 different villains you could play as but at the same time i think because they limited their move set because all the villains except for the doom raiders only had two attacks instead of three there wasn't really that much that some of these villains have to work with in fact some of the villains are pretty much just outright bad when it comes to their attacks and i feel like they limited them all to two attacks basically as another deterrent of doing nothing but playing as villains yeah i would agree with that it's just kind of weird that they decided to go that route and then of course there's the other weird thing of the elements with the villains being not only like all over the place because they're not balanced at all you know you have six water villains and you have three magic villains but also some of these villains just kind of seem like they were just shoehorned into one particular element and they're just True. like yeah we need to fit that in there so go there you go and like it feels like a lot of these villains could have been different elements and i think the reason for that is because other than for broccoli guy and chompy mage in chompy mountain literally there's no two villains of the same element pretty much after that uh in one particular level like you know the golden desert has 
Graveclopper as Earth when you think he would be undead, which we know that during development he did change from undead to Earth. And then we also have Bone Chompy in there who's undead. And so that's another thing where I think they were trying to get people to go buy more traps because it's this idea of, oh, well, you know, like we need people to go buy more traps. So what are we going to do? We're going to put as many villains of different elements into levels that we can. So that way it encourages people to be like, oh, I'm encountering so many different villains of different elements. Let me go out and buy a trap of this particular element so I'm able to trap all these different villains. And you see that with other characters too, like Threat Pack is strangely water. Like, I sure, I guess you could do a water propulsion backpack, but that's weird. Like, they could have made that air. They could have made it fire. Same thing with, you know, Brawlris. Like, he's tech. That's weird. Like, he should be water. But Brawl and Chain's in that same level in Rainfish Riviera, so they decide to make him tech to kind of have these, like, different variations of elements there to be able to try to encourage people like, hey, go buy more traps, go buy more traps. So it's kind of interesting that they did that as well. It's also really strange that the game that finally got the balancing correct for the Skylanders itself had no balance in the villains at all. Yeah, yeah. In many ways, it did kind of feel like the villains were an afterthought. It's like they came up with the idea of like, hey, let's have people trap the villains. And then it feels like in the couple months before development, they were like, all right, now we need to give all the villains attacks now. <laughs> like, it just, you know, it, it just kind of feels that way in a lot of the cases because like some of the villains are really powerful and then some of them are absolutely weak and you'd never want to play as them ever. Um, and it's like they didn't really it didn't really feel like they thought through a lot of it. And while it's really fun to be able to trap all these different villains, also at the same time, it's like you, you trap 46 different villains throughout your whole playthrough of the game, presuming you have 11 different traps. Mm-hmm. And it, it starts to feel less unique as it goes on. It does. Because it's like you're trapping characters like Grenade. It's like, okay, cool. So I got like a villain that I'm able to take out in one hit, un- unless I'm playing as Chaos, and then it takes two hits. But, you know, it's like, oh, cool, grenade, woo. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, a lot of these villains feel kind of a little bit more generic. And it would have been maybe cooler if they had really fleshed out, like, you know, the Doom Raiders even more and had those be the trappable villains and give them maybe like a full upgrade path and stuff like that. Yeah, it would have been better if we got 23 quality villains instead of 46 kind of bland ones. Yeah, I would agree. And so, you know, because of that, you just encounter a bunch of kind of mediocre villains. And then further, like, once you've trapped, like, a particular, I guess, species of villain, if you will, like, once you trap, you know, Broccoli Guy in level 3... There's still broccoli guys that show up for the rest of the game. And that kind of feels weird because then you can have like broccoli guy versus broccoli guy or like slobber trap versus slobber trap. And it's just like, oh no, it just kind of, it's it's a little weird that they like have all these like generic villains that once you've trapped them, they still appear in later levels because they need generic villains. It's odd. Alternatively, since most of these villains are actually laughably bad, I feel like they could have gone closer to what they did for the DS game route and made the villains similar to how they did the summons in Final Fantasy VIII, where maybe you put the trap in, it starts a countdown timer where the villain basically absorbs all the damage for your Skylander, and then it goes off with, like, a big summon attack. Hmm. 
Okay, yeah. And then you can't use that trap for the rest of the level or whatever. Well, not as good a concept as having fully fleshed out villain characters, I feel like it would have been better than what we got in the way of literally laughably bad characters. I can honestly say the only reason I ever put some of the villains into the portal after capturing them was simply to do the upgrade for the level star. Mm, Yeah, I can get that. Outside of that, probably two-thirds of the villains I've never bothered to play as more than 10 seconds because they're just terrible. Yeah, hey, I do get that. And I do like your idea there. It'd be kind of interesting if they did do like an area of effect kind of thing, kind of like a light core Skylander or like putting one of the adventure level pieces on from a previous game. Like that'd be kind of cool if they just, you know, you like activated it and it would like do this massive wave of damage or something. Or... Maybe they could have had them as, like, support characters, which they kind of tried to do with some of them. You know, like, Rage Mage is able to, like, give that, like, ball of energy to a Skylander uh, by swapping out. Same thing with, like, Broccoli Guy able to put that, like, healing glyph down. Mm -hmm. So, like, they did try to do support character stuff, but it would have been kind of cool if they had given, like, these characters, like, some fleshed out AI and, like, actually been able to allow you to, like, summon them for, like, a minute or two during, like, a fight, and then they kind of fight alongside you as if they're a player, too. That kind of would have been really neat. So you're not playing as them, but they're helping you. That would have been a really cool thing. Yeah, that would have been neat. Like, I wouldn't have minded, you know, having, like, the gulper come in and, like, fight alongside me for, like, two or three minutes while I'm trying to get through a couple battle gates. Like, that'd be kind of cool. Um, So they could have kind of made them kind of, like, support role characters where they're just kind of like there to help back you up a little bit that would have been cool i wouldn't have minded that but yeah what they did end up doing is fun like don't get me wrong i really like it i think it's a really fun concept and i still enjoy doing it like the whole joy of putting a trap in the portal seeing that animation that's fun but actually playing as the majority of the villains not as fun Overall, I think the lesson that needs to be learned here is Activision, if you're going to concept another Skylanders game, you need to please hire a couple of fans. I mean, myself and Inklander are prime examples. We've got ideas aplenty for you that the fans enjoy. Yeah. I feel like it would be smart to, you know, consider us. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that can go for a lot of franchises. I think they do need to have, like, a panel of fan representatives on there. Because, you know, it's one thing to do, like, playtesting. Because once you're at that point where you're, like, playtesting with fans, you already pretty much have at least some portion of the game built. You already have some Concept's already there. Yeah. So the thing is, is, like, I do think a lot of franchises could benefit from having a panel of fans on there where it's like all right well we suggest this idea or this idea so then that way you know they're able to at least hear this idea of like what the fans want because i think superchargers would have been improved a lot by that and i think you know trap team definitely could have improved the villain side of things a whole lot better so i do agree with that but then the other thing that really annoys me about the traps is the fact that unlike pretty much every other magic item or skylander or things like that Uh, where they're compatible with every other game going forward, the traps turn into weapons for your vehicle for the last two games, which is just such an odd turn of events. It's such a weird shift because it's like, all right, so they turn into elemental weapons for your vehicles that only last for like five hits, as opposed to being able to play as these characters that got developed specifically just for trap team. You know, you could use them in the racing in Imaginators, but... 
you couldn't use them in the Switch version of Matchmakers because there was no racing. And, like, you know, so while you could use them on, like, you know, the Wii U or the PlayStation 4 or whatever and, you know, be able to use them as weapons in racing and Imaginators, you couldn't do that on the Switch because the Switch had no way of reading the traps. So kind of really annoying, I would have to say, that that's just such a disappointing choice because even if they didn't want to have trappable villains going forward if they wanted to keep that as a feature in trap team that makes sense i get that like if they wanted to keep that as like an exclusive game feature sure but like skylanders fans were so used to having this backwards compatibility with the figures as new games came out and the fact that that isn't the case with the traps is just such an odd move granted that kind of becomes the case with magic items and stuff like that later where it basically in imaginators just gives you some money which is kind of annoying but the thing is is like the traps had characters in them they're they're characters that we actually like played as and while we didn't have like a full upgrade tree for them we did have the ability to evolve them to level them up in some way and the fact that they just take away the ability for you to play as them at all and it's just like yeah whatever all those like whatever it was 799 699 however much it was that you paid for all these traps to be able to have all your villains in these traps it's like well great thanks you know that definitely felt like a just not great move overall consensus traps were a really fun concept but could have been executed a lot better and with traps continuing on the idea of collecting everything you can in the Skylander series, I feel like it's time to work on our own collections. Let's move on to the legendary treasure hunt. It's time for another Legendary Treasure Hunt, the segment where we try to find the best deals at the best bargain possible. This week's challenge was to try to find traps specifically of the Snake Sculpt with the max price limit of $50. Our scoring system is one point for every snake trap that you can find, half a point for every $5 under the max price of $50, minus half a point for every Shroom Booms, and I get to award a bonus point for the lot that kind of goes above and beyond. So Ditto, let's go ahead and start off with your lot. Where did you find it? How much is it? And what does it include? All right. So my lot this week was found on eBay. It is actually a pretty simple and straightforward lot. It consists of three traps, all snake sculpts, one air, one undead, and one life. So it's every snake sculpt and the going price for this lot is 27 dollars yeah so this is a really good lot like this one absolutely just hits it <laughs> exactly it is all three of the different snake sculpts and it's at a pretty decent price too granted it is a little bit above retail for when they were new in box but that's kind of almost typical for traps nowadays they are kind of getting a little bit pricey so still $27 for all three of one particular sculpt. You definitely managed to get this challenge spot on. So looking at your lot, you have three points for the three different snake sculpts. And then your $23 
below the max price of 50, which will give you two additional points. So that brings your total up to five. But I mean, you literally managed to get exactly what this challenge was looking for. So I do have to say that you have to get the bonus point this week, which will bring your grand total up to six points. Like you literally got exactly everything that you possibly could get for this challenge. So congrats. <laughs> well, thank you. Now, my lot, on the other hand, I definitely struggled a little bit more with finding this. I found mine on eBay as well, and it consists of an air screamer and an air snake. So only one snake sculpt in there. But hey, you get two air traps, so you can trap villains like Bad Juju and Dreamcatcher and Frankenstein and Buzzerbeak. So, you know, that's definitely cool if you're looking for specifically air traps. And my price is $16.99, so $17. So my initial total is one for the one snake trap. And then I am $33 under the max price of 50. And so that will give me three additional points, which brings my total up to four points. And since I have given the bonus point to Ditto, Ditto, you have won this week's Legendary Treasure Hunt at a score of six to my four. So congrats. Thank you, and good gaming, Lander. Yeah, good game. This one was actually pretty hard. I think really the hardest challenges are the traps. <laughs> they really are. I didn't struggle nearly as much with this one as we did with the previous trap hunt, but it did have me searching for quite a bit of time. Yeah, yeah, this one was pretty difficult. Like the only like I could only find one snake sculpt in every lot that I looked at. So the fact that you managed to find that, which has all of the snake sculpts in one lot, pretty, pretty awesome. And averaging $9 a trap isn't necessarily the best price we've found yet, but at the same time, I was picking through lots where people are charging $16 for single traps at this point that aren't chaos traps. Yeah. That's really interesting to see. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, it's interesting how traps have been going up in price. Same thing with creation crystals. It's all those, like gimmicky ones with all the sculpts that people are charging a lot for interesting indeed all right so now that we have our traps in hand i think it's time for us to trap ourselves a nice vacation on the dread yacht so we're going to go ahead and hop aboard and fly off to our next destination <laughs> A vacation aboard the Dread Yacht is all fine and good, but a vacation is nothing without wonderful new foods to experience. I've gotten a bit hungry, so I've requested that Flynn take us to meet the finest chef in all of Skylands. And now we are approaching the Chef Zeppelin. Alright, so what a level this is. It really is. <laughs> Especially because you have your own game-breaking glitch in it. And we've talked a little bit about Chef Pepperjack specifically as a character, because we talked about him for the Brock's Baddies section in the Easter episode, which was really fun. So we've kind of talked about his boss fight a little bit, but now we get to kind of talk about the whole rest of the level that's all food-themed, which is definitely a lot of fun. I love the theming in this level. The fact that the spinning blades that we've been encountering since the very first Skylanders game appear here, but in this case, they're kebabs. That was just 
the cherry on top for me. It was an amazing little touch that really made it feel like this is the home of the greatest chef in Skylands. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I really like all the food theming. You know, we have like the the kitchen a little bit later on on the level. But yeah, we have the uh, the like spinning kebabs. I just think that's kind of funny. And then like the platforms that they're spinning on are kind of like grill themed. And it's just it's pretty clever. Honestly, I really do like the theming of this. And um, I think the cannons that have to like shoot down some of the barricades are like peppers. So that's kind of fun. The projectile they shoot are peppers. So it's just it's really cool. I really like the theming. It's not like overtly food themed. Like there's not like everything that's made out of food, but uh, they do do it in pretty subtle ways that really gets the food theming across, which I really like. Really, yes. It makes it feel as though it is a standard Skylanders level, but more themed towards food. Now, I didn't really enjoy starting out this stage in a turret segment. That bit felt a little bit out of place to me. Like, it fit cohesively with the story, because we're trying to board, obviously, this floating zeppelin while it's moving. And it's going to try to defend itself. But at the same time... Opening a level with a turret section has never really sat well with me. Yeah. But outside of that, the rest of the design for this level was spectacular. I enjoyed every little aspect of it. The battle gates aren't too abundant or too annoying. There is the one battle gate where I have my own game-breaking glitch because I managed to kill Bombshell before Bombshell could even spawn, technically. <laughs> that particular battle gate is annoying, but that's really the only one. The only truly annoying part of this level is the tutorial for Skystones. I feel like they should have made that tutorial skippable because if you've already played Skystones before, you know how to play Skystones and you shouldn't need to sit through what feels like three or four minutes of tutorial for it. Yeah, I agree. I get making it not skippable the first time someone plays through that level, but they should have added like a skip button for every time after that that you've played through Skystones on that save file. I feel like that'd be such an easy thing to do, but yeah, otherwise it just feels like you're sitting there for like minutes being like, yes, thank you, I know that I'm going to be taking damage. Or I know that, you know, I'm going to be doing damage to you. It's like, it's a little annoying. Actually, it's very annoying because it just kind of slows down the whole pace of the level. Uh, it's also kind of a weird place to introduce it, but it's not awful. But yeah, it just kind of feels like a strange thing where it's like you, you've been doing some platforming with like the shish kebabs and you've been doing some stuff with turrets and you've had a couple like battle gates and then all of a sudden it's like well wait wait before you get to the final boss you have to learn how to play this card game it's just kind of weird we entered the kitchens and then all of a sudden every chef in the kitchens wants to challenge us to a game of pokemon cards <laughs> i mean to a game yeah. of sky stones it's weird it, it is feels weird. a little bit out of place as well yeah it's odd it's not awful though i do i mostly just wish that like they had to introduce it somewhere so sure introduce it there but i do just wish they had made that cutscene skippable uh, but that being said i also agree with you about the turret section uh, i don't really like the way that it is at all like you know in pretty much any of the levels like i don't like it in sky highlands I'll, i don't know i guess in sky highlands it maybe works the best but I still don't really like it. It just kind of feels like it's slowing down the level. But yeah, so overall, 
I'm, I'm not too big of a fan of the way the level opens. But yeah, for the most part, it's kind of funny. You got a little bit of platforming, not too much, but a little bit. And then you have a little bit of um, battle gates, which are fun, unless, of course, you accidentally end up hitting the fake bombshell that is supposed to despawn and turn into the real bombshell that you're supposed to fight later. Uh, like, like what's happened to you on a couple speed runs. Yep. And that will end your run, by the way. Yeah, like it will softlock the game. Yeah. So overall, you know, like it's it's kind of fun. Like it's got a little bit of stuff going on for it. There's some puzzle elements to it in there as well. And then there's some sky stones that gets introduced. But yeah, overall, it's like a fun level. It's just, you know, a kind of typical Skylanders level themed around food. But I think the really big thing that makes this level shine is, of course, that boss fight at the end. Because like, oh my gosh, it's such a fun boss fight. Oh, absolutely. The Chef Pepperjack fight. So you go from landing on the Zeppelin and seeing like grills and kebabs to entering the kitchens. And then it's like the the head kitchen is where you find Chef Pepperjack. And this boss battle takes place on a giant grill. And it's probably, I would say, one of the best designed boss battles in the game. Yeah. It is a lot of fun to play. And I have absolutely zero complaints. Yeah, and we've talked about it a lot in the Easter episode. But yeah, honestly, like, it's fun. Like, it's just fun. Um, It really feels like everything leads up to this boss fight. You know, the theming really kind of connects. You know, you get the light food theming at the beginning of the level, and then it kind of turns into, as Ditto said, just all the kitchens to where you're actually on a grill. And, like, it's so fun. You know, you get, like, you're jumping on stakes. You're having to dodge lasers. You know, he's going to run at you. And, you know, he's going to cause, like, pots and pans to fall down onto the stage. Like... There's so much really good theming with it, and it's a lot of fun to play through, and I do agree. I think it's not only probably one of the best boss fights in this game, I think it's one of the best and most memorable boss fights in Skylanders generally, because the theming is there, the level design's there, the character design's there, it's just all fun. It kind of comes all together in a nice, neat package, and it really is a nice culminating point to the pretty decent buildup that the rest of the level gives this boss fight. It's fun. Absolutely, I can agree with that 100%. So now that we've gotten ourselves something to eat, I'm going to finish munching down this steak, and Inklander's going to finish off his onion ice cream, and then we're going to head on over to the Archean Arena so we can have a couple Skylanders battle it out. It's now time for the Archean Arena, where we pit Skylander versus Skylander in a bout of hypothetical combat, since PvP got done away with by Activision. So, Ditto, who is the Skylander that you are bringing to the arena for this episode? Alright, Inklander, this week I decided to be a little more spontaneous. I picked somebody I don't normally play as a lot, uh, but still a very fun character. I have brought to champion for me today treadhead oh all right interesting treadhead is a melee tech skylander with a maximum health at level 20 of 690 critical hit 54 armor 29 speed 45 and luck 28 his attack one is called wheelie which causes him to speed forward and pop a wheelie right through enemies dealing 
42 points of damage. His attack 2 is called Backfire Blast, which shoots enemies behind him with Backfire from the cycle, dealing 29 points of damage. And his attack 3 is called Spin Out, which is a spinning attack that not only hits enemies for 64 points of damage, but also cuts any damage taken while spinning in half. In the way of upgrade paths, Treadhead's top path is called Drag Racer, which causes attack 1 to gain increased damage and a finisher, which leaves a fire trail behind him as he moves. And his bottom path is known as Pavement Peeler, which allows for attack 3 to slow enemies, set the ground on fire, and cause tight turns while in wheeling mode to spray enemies with dirt and rocks for additional damage. Yeah, so Treadhead is pretty cool. Treadhead's a really fun character, but often overlooked just because the moveset isn't exactly the most memorable. It's fun, but it's not memorable. Yeah, like this is a character that I don't really play as very often. Um, I just kind of remember him mostly as being like one of the few characters that has a mount where, you know, like kind of like Fright Rider, how he has like the skeleton bird. Treadhead has like the vehicle that he rides. So, you know, that's kind of really just all that I really remember about the character. But, you know, after you've gone over all the stats and everything, it's like, oh, yeah, like I remember these attacks, but I don't really remember them being this good, frankly. But yeah, honestly, like he definitely could be kind of concerning, especially against who I have. (laughs) And who have you brought to champion for you today, Inklander? So I have decided to bring Diveclops to the arena this week. Oh, no. Oh yeah, Diveclops is about to get destroyed. So Diveclops is a water range character that has 750 health, a critical hit of 54, armor of 43, speed of 32, and luck of 26. His primary attack is Waterpedo, which deals 22 damage, and that shoots out a Waterpedo that also creates a mine that it leaves behind. And that mine can be destroyed either by being hit by an enemy or by the secondary attack of Diveclops, which is Sonar. And Sonar basically sends out a ping that damages enemies around you and also causes those mines to explode, and that does 22 damage. And then meanwhile, his tertiary attack is put the eye in the geyser, which deals 10 damage, and it's basically unleashing a geyser that pushes enemies back. So that is Diveclops' primary moveset. Poor Diveclops. Yeah, poor Diveclops, I know. His top path is Tidal Torpedoes, which has the water, pedos, and mines deal increased damage. Meanwhile, his bottom path is Dowsing Dowser, which has auto sonar, attack 3 has increased damage and duration, and sonar weakens foes. So I feel like in this case, I'd probably be going with the Dowsing Dowser path, the bottom path, to be able to try to have um, a little bit more increased usage with the sonar ability, because that way I'm able to combo that secondary attack with my primary attack just a little bit better, to be able to have that like auto sonar, have the sonar weakening foes, but also being able to explode the mines and things like that too. So that's probably what I'd go with. But yeah, so Diveclops versus Treadhead is not looking really good for Diveclops because... No, it's not, not at all. Yeah, well, like, pretty much Diveclops has a slightly higher amount of health and armor, he doesn't really have anything else at all. (laughs) And so Diveclops has attacks that deal 22, 22, and 10, 
But now that I know my opponent, Treadhead is going to spend the entirety of this battle spinning, reducing the damage taken from any of those attacks to 11, 11, and 5. Yeah. Meanwhile, hitting for 64 anytime I, he touches Diveclops. Yeah, so basically Diveclops is destroyed here. Furthermore, I feel like if I were to take Treadhead's bottom path, that allows for the spinning attack to slow Diveclops even further, lessening those attacks and his ability to get out of the way as I continue to spin and spin and spin right through him. Yep, like Breath of the Wild, the answer is spin to win. Based on this analysis, I feel like Diveclops wins this zero times out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. I think Diveclops wins this zero times out of a hundred. So <laughs> this really, really, yeah, Diveclops would just epically fail, I think, every single time. There's not too much to talk about on this one. We'd usually talk about strategy. But frankly, yeah. there is nothing I can do with Diveclops to be able to counter any of Treadhead's attacks. Originally, I felt like I was going to be using the wheelie and trying to charge that up a bit. And then you went over all of Diveclops' skills, and I immediately knew, no, just lay on that attack three and spin to win. Yeah, like, even if I'm comboing my attack one and two, that's going to do basically nothing. That's going to do no damage. So <laughs> I think it's pretty safe to say in what might be, like, the fastest Archean Arena ever, maybe? <laughs> that Treadhead takes us by quite a long shot, absolutely creaming Diveclops. So congrats, Ditto. <laughs> Thank you, and good game. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess you could say that. Not too great for Diveclops. <laughs> That's true. That brings us to the end of today's episode. You'll find our website and our individual channels listed in the description. Follow our Twitter at SLPortalCasters for regular updates about the podcast and join our Discord server for Skylanders discussions. Thank you for listening, and in the next episode, we will be discussing magic items. See you then. Bye. Bye. This is a Skystone. Oh my gosh, let me skip the tutorial if I've already played it before. <laughs> Some Skylanders just collect dust for a while. I know. Like, when was the last time you used Doombug? <laughs> Good question. Maybe maybe once he got to level 20. So, 2015? Yeah, roughly. <laughs> <laughs>